Hey, one more thing before you go. Do you believe in the power of wisdom? Do you know that purpose lives inside wisdom? Knowledge is an intellectual and spiritual currency that no one can take away from us, and it is the only currency that can solve issues in our world. Stay tuned as we have a conversation with a person that is going to share with us the significance of your true currency in the form of knowledge, wisdom, skills, gifts, and values. We all innately possess those. I'm your host, Michael R. Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Hey, my guest in this episode is Mary Henderson. She's a transformational leader and an internationally recognized personal branding and online business specialist. Mary helps service industry experts systemize, digitize, and commercialize their knowledge, wisdom, and skills into a scalable and profitable online business and a brand so that they can become an authority in their niche or industry. Her point of difference is her personal branding technology, a SAAS platform that has the ability to define a person's brand essence with a precision that can be applied across all communication touch points. Mary's also the founder and publisher of Industry Expert Magazine and a heart-centered, compassionate, and tenacious entrepreneur who thrives on human transformation and witnessing people fulfill their dreams. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you for having me, Michael. I'm really looking forward to this discussion today. <laughs> well, I am ecstatic that we connected and we're able to thank you, Universe, for bringing us together. I think yeah. that... Uh, we're going to be able to, as we said earlier, before we started, we're going to motivate you. We're going to inspire you. We're going to educate you a little bit. And hopefully you'll walk away with some wisdom and knowledge that you can utilize yourself in your own personal brand as well or your business, wherever you're working on. That's the intention. So <laughs> be prepared. I haven't got any surprises. Don't worry. I didn't dig up any dirt. <laughs> I'm okay with that anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All our dirt's just stepping stones to where we're at now. Yep. So <clears throat> where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in Australia, in uh, Melbourne, which is the southeast of Australia. And I've lived here all my life. Um, and um, my mum and dad migrated to Australia from Europe. So um, I have a bit of an eclectic uh, background, but a very deep heritage too. So this is my home. So where'd you go to, what was your family like? I almost messed myself up there. No, 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 no. My, my, my parents, um, so my mother is from former Yugoslavia and my dad's from Greece. So could you imagine these two fiery human beings? <laughs> coming together it's almost a mismatch right it's just so fiery um but you know michael you know we all have a story you know as we grow up as children because not everyone gets the opportunity to grow up in the perfect family which i don't believe that there that exists anyway but my i was raised with a with a serial narcissistic mother like it was actually quite traumatic for me to grow up as a child in that home environment because it was toxic it was, I had a lot of uncertainty. I had a lot of self-doubt because I was uncertain of my environment. I was never given a structure, if you will, a foundation that would allow me 
to step inside the deepest part of my soul and self-actualize that potential. So it was always squashed. It was always, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? You know, so I grew up in this really toxic feminine and toxic masculine environment. Um, and I spent a lot of time in my room, in my imagination. It was like my escapism. But my parents did do one great thing for me when I was at uh, when I was five, and they recognised that you know I had a passion for performing arts. So they invested in sending me to talent schools and having professional voice coaching. And I actually, my voice is actually pro professionally coached from the age of five right through to my late teens. And but I never pursued that because, of course, you know my parents wouldn't allow for me to become a, uh, a, a, or express my creative uh, talent, they thought that was just a hobby. You know, of course I was going to go to university and become a doctor or a lawyer because in their mind, that was the ultimate. So there was a lot of uncertainty as a younger, you know, version of me, a teenage version of me, even throughout my entire twenties, which became, I became extremely destructive because there was so much confusion. Um, but in saying that, you know, it, it, you look back and you think, you know, the people that are hurt the most really go into that deep place of soul searching and they go really deep at that soul level. And that really has been my journey from the age of 30 onwards. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, how I grew up. I can relate to some of that. You know, as I said to you in the beginning of our conversation, I had a very dysfunctional family. Both my parents were alcoholics. My mother was very narcissistic as well. You know, my father passed away when I was very, very young. And, you know, I went out and got a job. And, you know, I walked in with my first paycheck. It was like 50 bucks. I was very proud of that. And I won't say how old I am. <laughs> but back then, 50 bucks was a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she said, uh, threw it on the floor and said, that's not enough. You know, and it's like, wow. So I, I understand where you come from in, in a certain amount of those aspects and in that soul searching that we do. And I think that we all do that. I think we all have the opportunity. We all want to know what our purpose is. We all want to know why we're here, what we're here for, I think. And and I think that, you know, you've created an environment. I mean, in spite of everything that uh, that you had gone through, you used that as a building block, in my opinion, to kind mm -hmm. of help others understand that you do have true value, you do have purpose, and you do have an ability to be able to find that. So I'm I'm excited about digging deeper into all of this. I think that um, I think that uh, you, you we're gonna we're gonna change some people's lives today. Maybe I hope so. That's hope the so. intention. So did did you go to university? So I did go to university and I was studying psychology. Oh, Michael, I couldn't have found a more boring thing to study. <laughs> so misaligned to who I am, who I was. And I really struggled with that. You know, I wouldn't show up for my lectures. I wouldn't show up for my tutoring class. I just found it so overwhelmingly boring. It was so linear. <clears throat> it was there, I just felt so imprisoned in a system that didn't match who I was. And I struggled because the reason I was there was to please my mother. That was, there was no other purpose for me being there. I mean, and I really struggled. I was, I became extremely angry because I'm like, what am I doing here? This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I left though. I didn't finish my degree. I left in, after the second year 
and I got a job in a um, in one of the largest television stations here in their sales and marketing office, and um, and I always said to my mum, "Oh no, I'll go back, I'll go back, I'll go back," but I never did go back, and I knew that I knew that I would never go back. It was just so not for me. It's interesting how we do that though, because you because even then I knew I was in the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong body you know and i'm looking and it was almost like i was having this each day i would go to university i was having this out of body experience looking at these people thinking why am I, what, what am i doing here i don't want to be around these people i don't want to be friends with these people i don't want that lecture i don't want to and i was just really it was a massive struggle um i didn't do very well at university either like i just didn't put my heart and soul into it so you know i was just constantly failing and just just passing and I was just so not interested. But the great thing is that I left that after that second year and I got a, a job in a television station. And one of the things I found, you know, working in that television station, which was my first real jo adult job, was that I was very, very good at numbers. Like I was really, really good at almost um, there's the, there was one part of the job that nobody wanted to do, but I just found it so fascinating and so interesting. And it was all about numbers and, um, and, and looking at patterns and things of that nature. I don't have a, a sociology background in statistics or anything like that, but I found it so easy for me to almost think like an algorithm. So it was hence why, you know, I had a software company and why I do, you know, incorporate technology in my business because I can think like that. So it's interesting how, you know, when you look back, as Steve Jobs says, and you connect the dots back to front, everything makes sense. Every, every milestone is critical for where we are today. 100%. I agree with that. I think that, you know, just like with in my particular instance where I had to reinvent my purpose. I thought that that was my line. That's where I was supposed to be. You know, I was a sergeant getting ready for the lieutenant's test, going you know, to move right up the line like some of my other colleagues did after I left. And, you know, I was, I was placed into a position to, to, to reinvent my purpose. And with that, it allowed me the reflection to go back and do everything that you were doing, where you kind of look inside yourself and you went, well, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be on a different path. And, and maybe my purpose, this, this building block was allowed me the opportunity to be a better communicator, a better interviewer. Although I don't come in, I used to in the beginning. Hi, Mary, can you unload your pockets and sit down, please? Where were you on Monday? <laughs> I had to get out of that mode in the beginning, but you know, it, it allows me to, to have a better conversation with people because I understand where this, you know, where people have come from. Oh, I've seen the oh. worst of the worst. I've seen the best people at their worst. And, oh. you know, it gave me an insight to oh. when I have conversations like this, that we can, you know, we, we can delve out the information that, that, that really needs to be shared with people so they understand they're not alone and they've got opportunity to move forward and they've got opportunity to change their lives from that perspective. So, Yes, I, I agree with you. I think that that's a long way around for that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I get so excited about talking about it. It, it, it is, it's an opportunity for people to change mm. their lives. You just mm. have, to, have to have your eyes open. You have to have the door put open for you. And, and I think that you know, you've taken an opportunity to do that brilliantly. What did, 
when you were working for the for the um, the television stations, you know, once you learned that technique, I know that you've got twenty plus years experience in building seven and eight figure businesses. Did that evolve after uh, the the working at the television station? What so in my twenties, I was in that media industry, which was not for me, you know. So in hindsight, <clears throat> wanting to be an a, a, an artist, like a singer or anything to do with performing arts, what I realize now is that was not what I wanted. That that was not for me, and it actually is not for me. It's not. It, 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 looking back now, I'm like that is absolutely not what I would want to do today. Knowing what I know about the industry, and just not for me. So, but my entire 20s was in the media industry. I didn't resonate with any industry just energetically. It was just, it was, it's a dirty industry. It's just, just overly sexualized. It's just, it's just gross. So I wanted to walk away from that. Um, and then in 1999 slash 2000, that's when the tech industry, the tech boom was going off. And one thing about me, Michael, I recognized very early on that my personality it has always been very big and not so much loud, but I've always been excitable and high energy. Even though I came from that destructive environment, I always tried to be high energy and excitable, etc. I don't know how I found that being grow growing up in that environment, but people would always say, oh, you're so positive. You're always so high energy. Um, so I always maintain that I needed to find an industry that would allow me to bring out the best version of me because my soul was so suppressed at that point, even though I was high energy and excitable, I think also that was a cover up of my true, true trauma and sadness. But I also recognized that I had to activate my natural state of being. I had to activate my natural gifts. I had to find a way to activate my natural talents. I didn't know how to do that because I hadn't done my shadow work or that inner work at that point. So I thought if I go into an industry that's high vibe, it's all happening, everyone's excited, it's new, it's growing, there's all this newness around it, maybe there I'll find my 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 inner creativity, if you will. And I was right. You know, it took me in in saying that, it took me almost a year to land the perfect job. And I do say the perfect job because I wouldn't be doing what I am today had it not been for that perfect job. But I had patience and resilience and I was going to get that job in the tech industry. And it took me 150 something job applications. I had 48 face-to-face -face interviews and every one of those interviews I got rejected and every job application I got rejected, <clears throat> but I kept going, I kept going. And um, I got this one opportunity that does the sliding door moment that basically changed my life. And so when I got into the technology industry, which was 2000, to 2005, not only did I activate my creative genius, but something happened to me in those five years that has that literally changed my whole life. I 
understood what personal branding was because I came face to face with an experience that was that, again, that sliding door moment. I recognized and I was smart enough to say, oh my God, if I solve this complex problem, I can command my demand in this industry and be recognized as that person who can solve those type of problems. And lo and behold, that's exactly what I did, but consciously. It was all strategic and deliberate. And then I got headhunted by a tech company in California and, um, and I built this their startup in Asia Pacific from um, an acquisition they made uh, of a company here that already existed. It was a $4 million existing business. And I, I had this amazing, I was, I was just, I was given an opportunity, Michael, could you imagine someone saying to you, we're going to give you permission to be yourself, to grow this business, build your team and do whatever you have to do to build it. And that allowed me to show up every day as unapologetically myself. And I grew that business from 4 million to 54 million in 48 months. Yes, it was phenomenal. And, um, and thereafter I, in 2005, that's when I started my entrepreneurial journey. And that's basically, this is my third startup. And so, you know, and so I became very comfortable, if you will, with that whole idea of starting up a business and the possibilities and the creativity and the people and just everything that all these nuances that come into, uh, fruition when you actually start a business, it's actually a really interesting process. That's very cool, actually. I mean, what an amazing opportunity that was presented to you by the universe. Um, you know, I think that, uh, and it puts you right where you were supposed to be. So you just, I, 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 to kind of educate people a little bit, or maybe let them understand that the possibility can exist for them as well. So when this opportunity presented itself, uh, the way it did, were you, what, what were you, what key did you use? Was there, was there something you turned on? Like, uh, I just, I'm more open to something. I'm more open to this coming into my life. Was there any kind of a technique or, or how did, how did that happen? I think that when I was, a pro, the, the first couple job I got in the tech industry, it, it, I, I, because I actually solved this complex problem, it activated me because I was recognized as that person that could solve this problem. You know, we went through, a. remember there was a tech boom in 2000 and there were recessions everywhere. So, you know, when I had a look at the list of all the people in Asia Pacific in the first company I, I got that job in that were going to leave, I was the one on the top of the list that was going to stay because I had won awards. I was, I solved problems. I was making money for them. Like, serious money. And so I got activated. And it, it, not only did I get activated, Michael, but I actually figured out the system. And when you figure out the system, you are going to command your own paycheck because you know exactly it, it's not it's not rigging the system. It's understanding the relationship between the client and the company you work for yeah. and how to fuse that together. That's what I figured out. And you know, and also I spent time in the operations side of the business to understand how it all plays together. So when you understand all the different facets, you're in a very empowered position, yeah. right? So I'm not pushing, I'm actually pulling information and I'm using it to my benefit so I can win. 
and I did, and it's exactly how I, nothing's changed today. But in the, the, the job, um, when I got headhunted by the Californian tech company, okay, this one was a huge because what it did for me, I traveled the world with that company. I was on a plane twice a week. I felt in that job that I was, it's like, and you would understand this analogy, it's like the, the, the door unlocked in my prison and I was free for the first time in my life. I could be out of Melbourne, away from my family. My mother was still extremely psychotic and narcissistic and wanted that control because I was free. Like a, I, fe I felt like a bird. I just felt so free, so unstoppable, so indestructible. It was the first time in my life where I showed up as unapologetically myself. I felt so incredibly powerful. I was really in my power. And, um, and, and, and even though my mother was trying to squash that because she just couldn't understand, hang on a minute, she's not supposed to be doing that. She's supposed to be here because now she looks better than me and she's outsmarting me and that can't happen. But I just remember one day sitting in my car, my mum is calling me, I'm, I'm now traveling in another country. And, you know, she starts playing the victim card and I just was very firm. And I remember just saying, just back off, like, go leave me alone. I just leave me alone. And I just put that phone down so calmly. I just felt so empowered and just got on with my life. And she started to lose her power over me because she could feel that that's what was happening to her. And narcissists are very dangerous because when they feel like they're losing power, they will do anything and everything to destroy the other person. Um, thankfully, I was living overseas, so she couldn't physically touch me. She could energetically you know, get to me, but, and, and also with words, but also I had a choice to answer the phone as well. So, you know, so, so a lot of things were playing out, but, you know, it's, it's very interesting to me how, you know, your life, your, your, in some ways, your life is meant to be the way it's meant to be because you do become the person that you, you're meant to become, but you've got to go through that journey. I feel that that was just the way it was meant to be. Um, because I have no anger or remorse or guilt or blame game. I just see it as a part of the evolution of who I've become. And I think that we have to see it like this, you know, because so many people want to start their business. There's so many people want to do all these amazing things, but what is, what, what stops people really? And I feel just through my own evolution, what stops people, Michael, is not understanding who is running the show. Is it the ego or the soul? And we need to ask that question. It's a very important question to ask. And I can tell you, and you being in law enforcement, 99% of people are driven by their egoic mind, not their soul. People don't even know that the soul is, is a part of them. They're like, oh, that spiritual stuff, that woo-woo stuff, whatever. But I, no, 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 we've got to go there. That's where we've got to go. Yeah, exactly. It's that's most of my domestic issues, the any kind of a, an assault issue, a fight, a brawl, uh, and an argument, road rage. It's all about ego. The ego speaks first. 
and then consequences yes. come afterwards. So um, I, I, I was smiling when you told me about. It made me feel really good that that you were able to feel like a, that you got away from that the way you did, and that you felt that freedom. I know what that feels like. So it it made me really feel good to hear that come out of your mouth because it it I understand that journey and how difficult it is to do that. And yes. and you know sometimes you know it forty. I'm giving away my age now. <laughs> probably 40 took me 45 years to really kind of come to grips and understand from that perspective. But once I did, I mean, and, and, you know, there are certain circumstances that obviously that were presented within itself, but I feel like what you just said, I think that we can all take, if we have the tenacity to understand where we came from and why we came from there, it allows us to take that as growth and to move it forward in our lives so that we can either know what to do or what not to do, what to stay away from, or how to manage certain situations because we understand a better perspective of how they started and where they come from. And like you just said, you understand where your mother comes from. You understand she's narcissistic. You understand the controlling aspect of that. And that's the, that's the main battle, I think. And that's where we yeah. come back to, uh, we're in the, the beginning of this whole conversation about wisdom. Wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge are, are the key to success within ourselves. And if we can't be ourselves, it's very difficult for us to succeed in any aspect it's other than blindly getting up in the morning, stumbling to work. It's like that old commercial, I don't know if you guys had it in Australia, where Dunkin' Donuts, way, way back when, where he'd get up and all it shows is him stumbling along in the dark on time to make the donuts, you know? <laughs> and it was like monotonous. And it showed him the next day, time to make the donuts. And, you know, th- our lives become that. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's I think with it, that wisdom and knowledge, a lot of people don't understand they've got wisdom and they've got knowledge that is innately within them. They just don't know how to explore that or to bring it out. So how, how can we, how can we understand? Because our purpose, see my brain is going so much faster than my mouth. Uh, There's conversation has brought up so many different aspects that I'm going, oh, I think I can do that when I can do that. Um, but then I have to rein it in. So let's start with this. We all, we all have a purpose in our lives. In order for us to help understand or start understanding maybe what our true purpose may be, do you, do you have any, any tips, anything that we can do to recognize that within ourselves so that we can step on that journey through wisdom to help evolve ourselves? Oh, Michael, I love that question so much because I can speak to that for days. You know, one of the things that I that I do in my work is that if I was to work with people and just be linear, you know, like let's unpack your professional skills, that would, to me, that would be career coaching, right, where you're actually looking for another job. You're going from one to the other. To me, it's just the same thing disguised differently. You've gone from that location to that location, working with those people to now these people, but essentially it's all just disguised differently. So what I like to do, I like to fuse 
and unpack a couple of different things. First of all, I like to understand what are your learned, what is your learned professional knowledge, skills and abilities? That's the first thing I want to know, because when you can unpack somebody's learned and experienced knowledge, abilities and skills, that then gives us some critical inventory on areas that you know how to do for sure. Okay, so it's, that's easy. That's what I call easing grace. Then we go to the next part and we look at that. We look at our inner self and we say, what are my natural gifts? What are my natural talents? What are my core values? What is my personality like? You know, what are my traits? We've got to unpack those soft skills because we forget that that is a part of the soul print. Okay. You can't activate your soul if you don't understand this inner inventory, because you see, it's not just about the touchy feely subjective aspects of us. We have to incorporate what we have learned in the form of knowledge and skills and abilities. You add then on top of that, my natural gifts, my natural talents, my core values, my traits, my persona, and then we look at the hero's journey. What is the subjective wisdom? What have you learned on the journey that is real, real inner wisdom? The thing that you know for sure, the thing that every human being will go through if they choose to, if they choose the road less traveled. And, and unfortunately, not a lot of people do. But the ones that do, the ones that do go on that path of least resist the, the the road less traveled as my mentor said to me you have gone through so many cycles of the hero's journey you did that on behalf of the people that you are now serving i loved that i was like yes you are so right now let's look at this inventory now you've got your learned professional knowledge skills and abilities you've got your core values, gifts, talents, persona, traits. And now you've got your inner wisdom that you have fully experienced on the hero's journey. When you merge all of this inventory together, now you have hardcore wisdom in the form of a currency. And to me, this is the only way we can solve issues in the world. It can only be through hardcore wisdom. It cannot be through reading three textbooks and calling yourself an expert or having a million Instagram followers calling yourself an influencer. When a CEO of a Fortune 500 company has a crisis, let me tell you, he or she is not going to get a solution from somebody who has a million followers as an influencer on Instagram. I can tell you that for sure. You know, or nor from somebody who's read three textbooks and calling themselves an expert. They are going to want somebody who has had the backstory to support what they bring to the table. So it really is a currency because it grows over time. It gets better with time and there is a real value to it. So when we understand this and we can just stop for a moment, as I say to people, look at your learned knowledge, your learned um, skills and abilities, 
And let's just say you've been in the finance industry for 20 years. You've accumulated 20,000 hours in your area of specialization. One area of specialization, let's call it finance or sales, law enforcement even. You can even just see in that, that 20,000 hours multiplied by, let's say, an hourly rate of $100, that's a $2 million currency that people are sitting on right now. Well, what are you going to do with that? Now, in that inventory, inside that inventory lies your purpose. It's not out there. Purpose is not supposed to be something that you go and find outside yourself. Purpose is inside yourself because you need the wisdom and that currency to actually pursue a vocation that you love, that comes to you with ease and grace. And most importantly, Michael, that you have the capacity to raise consciousness in the world, whether it's an individual or whether it's a business. This is the ultimate goal because energy follows those type of people who want to make that type of impact. So that for me is my definition of wisdom and not only the definition, but the power it brings into our world once it's understood like that. That's brilliant, actually. I mean, that's brilliant. You mesmerized me as you were talking about that. I, I think that a lot of us don't recognize the, the wisdom. The, putting it the way you did, where you've got X amount of hours, X amount of time in your career, whatever, the, whatever job that you were doing, that that's a value that can add up over time. And that value, what an amazing, uh, that's brilliant. That's just, I, when we get done with this, I'm going to be sitting on the couch for the next three hours just thinking about that. <laughs> alone <laughs> awesome. gonna be, uh, my wife's gonna be going uh, uh hello are you still here <laughs> I love it. Um, in regard to to that then does that help us um i guess i think it's the right question here does that help us i understand the importance of a brand um, and i understand that brand importance from a podcaster's perspective for example you know, I I know that I am part of my brand. This is me. So when somebody talks about Michael R. Hurst and podcasting, that should be you know synonymous with each other. It should be yes. one in the same, in my opinion. So I've strived very hard to make sure that I connect my podcast with me as a brand. So uh -huh. with that in mind, how do we commercialize? our own personal brand. Do we all need a personal brand? That would be a better question. Do we all need a personal brand? I think that if you're looking at positioning yourself as an authority in one area of specialization and you believe in your heart, I can solve that type of problem, then what a personal brand actually does for us is that it positions us as the go-to because you see, people won't say, hey, go and speak to one more thing before you go. They're going to say, have you spoken to Michael Hurst about that? Do you see the difference? They're not going to say, they're not going to say, go and speak to my company name. They're going to say, you need to speak to Mary Henderson about that. You know, that's what she does really, really well. She's helped hundreds of people achieve that goal. So, so a personal brand is, is the human being who wants to be known for not just one area of specialization, but they want to be known as the person who can serve those type of people or those type of businesses or that, that industry 
and and the and and can deliver that type of transformation or result. And once you can package it like that, then you, it's not about I don't like the language of I'm going to go and build my personal brand. What are you building? Like, what are you actually right. building? I can't build my brand. The people that hear Mary Henderson are building my brand. You know, they become my brand advocates. They become Michael Hurst brand advocates because they hear you. They feel you. They love what you bring to the table. They're advocating for you. Hey, have you listened to this podcast, this, this Michael Hurst guy? He's amazing. Okay, they're building your brand and they're becoming your brand advocate. So we can't build our brand, but we can define our brand essence, you know. And so this is why I'm so passionate, Michael, about when it comes to branding, I'm always looking at the individual and all those elements that I just mentioned, you know, the internal inventory. That's what I'm looking for because that for me is the foundation. It's the starting point. I want to know what your learned experience is. I want to know what your gifts and talents are. I want to. I want to know, you know, what your um, hero's journey looks like because that inventory helps us define who you are as a brand. How the outside world perceives you. You know, are you really? really living by your core values or is that just does it sound nice just saying that because you're going to get brownie points well if that's the case you're going to be found out you know so my core value is truth i'm going to give you the truth michael when you interview me i'm not going to be politically correct i'm going to give it to you the way it is it may not people may not like it that's okay but that's my core value i'm not walking away from who i am that's my soul print and that's the way it's going to be. I'm not changing for anybody. And so, but that's wrapped around our brand as well. So, and, and the other thing on top of that with a personal brand is the consistency and the congruency, not just in the tone and the voice and the color scheme and all, and all of that, but it is the, the, the way that you show up. It is the way that you want the people to perceive you. It is the consistency and the congruency with you know, people touching all of your communication touch points, understanding your backstory and how it's connected to what it is that you actually do. Yeah, you, 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 you are right where you need to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so eloquent, so, so spot on. It's, it's amazing how that resonates with me. I, I, that, that, and I'm so happy that you were able to kind of share that with everybody because I think that, you know, we, no matter what industry we're in, we're always trying to get recognition. Everybody wants to be recognized. You want to, you want to pat on the back. You want to say somebody, you did a good job. Thank you very much. This is a great story. Or, you know, you did a great job you know, saving somebody's life. You're a firefighter. You're a chef. What a fantastic meal. You know, kind of, we all want that. I think we all strive for that. I think part of us as a human being, we kind of need that encouragement because it allows us to know that we're doing something right. Uh -huh. And the way that you presented that, I, 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 I understand the relationship between a personal brand and what we do. Yes. And there's still a connection in there. If, if I'm understanding this correctly, there's still that connection, but Very it, it is the personal brand is it is it, still me, for example, uh -huh. In my, uh -huh. I'm the personal brand. So when you mention Michael Hurst, then you can say, oh, yeah, did you hear about his podcast? That's Correct. what I'm striving for. That's what I'm seeking out because I want people to know that they can come to this podcast. They can get the answers, the inspiration, the motivation, or the education 
that yes. they're looking for to fill that void that they're trying to fill, fill that need, that want, that that yes. whatever it happens to be, that I want to be that person they come to. So, and, and they would know when you mention my name, that's what I want to do, or that's what, go here. So mm -hmm. that's an interesting connection with that. I, I think I like that. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to delve just a little little bit off because there were some questions that I had that I had seen on uh, where we were connected, and this one kind of intrigues me a little bit. Why is I, I, as you know, I'm, as we started talking, I don't usually follow a where are you on Monday, what you do on Tuesday, what you do on Wednesday, but this one stuck out. Why is the ten thousand rule so important? What is the ten thousand rule? Well, this is another area that I'm really passionate about, Michael, and I'll tell you why. I've worked with so many people, and the ones that I really struggled with were the ones that just didn't have the inventory. They didn't have, they didn't have an experience in, say, an industry or in a role or in a sector for that matter. So let's just say if somebody has 10 years' experience in sales, that gives me a lot of inventory to work with because I can pull from from that uh, from that background and look at all of the assets that they can bring into their, this new business that they're trying to create. The ones that had no consistency or wanted to be famous for being famous, who read three books, attended three webinars, and a Tony Robbins you know seven day event, and now they're calling themselves mindset coach it's hard for me to help them. And the reason for that is because when I'm working with people, we're creating transformational programs, transformational solutions that have outcomes and results, not information and, and just deliverables. That's been and gone. That, you, you, you don't get transformation from that. I can Google to, to right now how to change my mindset in you know, in 24 hours, I'll find millions of articles on that. So people don't want that. What people want, my clients, they want my wisdom. They want to know that I've got the learned experience. They want to know that the frameworks that they're implementing come from a much deeper place than Mary reading three books or copying somebody else's or regurgitating somebody else's content. So the 10,000 hour rule for me is just a benchmark. Are you telling me the truth? That's what I'm asking, essentially. Are you really telling me the truth that you have a minimum of 10,000 hours in your professional background to start with? Is, is, is that the truth? And a lot of people you find, they go, well, oh, well, not really. Um, really, I, I, just, I just went and bought a life coaching course for $99 and that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Hang on a minute. Your life is in absolute like dire straits like why would somebody pay you to coach them on their life when your life is in turmoil where is your ten thousand hours to back that and you'll find that they don't have it but they want to be famous for being famous so i've had three clients like that in my the whole time i've been a coach and it's been really really difficult to help them you know get to their destination because they don't have that the, the meat on the bone is missing. And that's what I mean by the 10,000 hour rule. That's brilliant. I think that um, I see that in everyday life. Everybody wants to be known, well, in the podcasting environment, everybody wants to be mm -hmm. Joe Rogan. 
Mm, yes. <laughs> but I, I don't want to be Joe Rogan, um, but I, everybody wants to be Joe Rogan. I, if, I've, I have a conversation with people before. What's your goal? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? I want to be just like Joe Rogan. Well, I said, why do you want to be like Joe Rogan? Well, I said, because, well, he's famous and he made a lot of money on his podcast. Those are the reasons why. I said, you need to look deeper. You know, you need to look a little bit deeper with that. You, they forget, Joe Rogan's been doing this for, since podcasting started. So what, 15 years? Something like that. So he's got time into where he's at. I don't listen to Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan. And I'm okay of telling that out in the public. No hate mail, please. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things that, that I respect the fact that he, he built an empire with his podcast. He was able to sell it for $11 million because he put that time in. He put yes. the hours in. He, he mm -hmm. did it for 10 or, 10 or 15 years. I, I have to go back and look again. But he had done it for a really, really long time. He paid yeah. his dues with all that regard. And everybody in, think today's, in today's day and age wants to be the influencer, the instant star, the instant viral message, the instant mm -hmm. viral YouTube, the instant viral TikTok. And if you don't get, you go out and you can do a TikTok and get 10,000 likes, and then there are people that say, well, I failed. We didn't fail. You reached 10,000 people. In my opinion, I have a different mindset. But these people think that they failed. And I've talked to people like this. It's the reason I'm bringing that up. And it's like, you didn't fail. You, you reached 10,000 likes. Not everybody gets to do that. But they still can't see past that. What they see is, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get a million likes. This person yes. got a million likes. And then they got sponsorships. They got this, they got this, they got that, they got this. I think that we have to work within ourselves to understand. Go back to what you were saying in the beginning. We need to do a deep look within ourselves. We need uh -huh. to start understanding where what our purpose is, why we're uh -huh. here, what we need to work on, and and then take the stepping stones in order to build that foundation in order for us to move forward. Um, I know that you you have a you have a program. I love the I love the name of the program. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Action. <laughs> I, that that's brilliant. I mean, I I've been a I've been a director for stage, film, television commercials. Uh, been an actor. My daughter's an actor, so that hits right home, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like a twelve month mastermind coaching program where you help people. Tell tell me how that works. Um, how do you help people with this? That, that is just the love of my life, that mastermind, because I get to work with the most incredible humans, you know, like, and, and most of them actually come from a professional a senior executive background. Actually, I also do have a woman in there who's just retired from law enforcement, Michael, like, so yeah, it's, it's all walks of life. And, um, and basically, you know, I'm very hands-on. It's a, it's very much a done with you type of a scenario. We, we have group coaching calls twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And on Tuesdays, I teach really deep energetic work, like what I call soul work, like really deep, you know, very much around the mind, very much around the soul, you know, really bringing quantum theory into it. This is something that I've been 
uh, practicing and mentored by some amazing mentors over the course of the last 12 years. So I really bring that aspect into my work a lot. Um, and then on Thursday, we do the Q&A, you know, do you need any help? Do you want me to look at anything, you know, etc. So it's very hands-on. Um, it's very interactive. It's very, very deep. It's very, it's real, real deep soul work. What I've been able to do, Michael, in that mastermind is take people on the journey right from this is what I want to do to I'm going live. I actually have a business. So the personal branding part is the first part that we unpack. And all of the inventory that I've just been talking about is what, we, what we're focused on. We're looking at the brand essence. We're looking at the brand story. We're looking at who is it that you can serve? Who needs this problem solved? What does the problem actually look like? Um, what does your colors look like? What does your persona look like as a brand, etc.? And also we have a software that we've uh, developed called Authority that and our clients go in there and it's fantastic. It really is almost like something going in, inside the soul and pulling out the truth, which is in, in the form of data or reports. And that allows me to see the truth of that person. These are your core values. These are your core traits. And these are your core gifts. These are your core talents. And I can look at that as inventory as well as their professional skills. I also spend a lot of time with those clients. We do a three-hour call where I'm actually unpacking their internal inventory. And that's a, that's a skill in itself. Once I've done that, I'm actually merging their objective and their subjective experiences. So it's your professional and it's also your hero's journey, really unpacking that inventory. And then my gift, thankfully, has been to be able to organize data. Remember I mentioned before that first job I had in, te in television, that's exactly what I didn't realize that that was my gift, but I do think like an algorithm. So I collect all that information and I'm able to organize that information into an actual signature solution so it makes sense to the outside world and then what we do after that is we start to build out the actual framework of the signature solution the coaching program whatever you want to call it and then once we've done that we then go and we test the beta version of that to get feedback because we don't want to go ahead and build this massive online program record hundreds of hours of video if it doesn't um, it resonate with the outside world or the target audience that we're wanting to target. So we've got to, we fully go out and market that, get the feedback loop. And then if it's validated, then we go into the lead generation and building of the program, et cetera. But I also teach in there the, uh, an entire layered lead generation strategy, all sales, it's really intense, it's deep and it's wide. And so we wrap a lot of layers around the, the solution from a lead generation standpoint. And then the final part, and probably my favorite, is embodying what you've just created. You have to embody that version of you. Otherwise, it's just, it's too linear. It's too masculine. It's all about, okay, well, I've built my program. Now, where, 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 when did you say I was going to become a multimillionaire? Oh, no, 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 you, that doesn't work like that. You've got to, you've got to embody that. You have to energetically become what you've just built. And this is why I do a lot of work on the egoic mind and the soul, who's running the show. 
And, um, you know, the thing about the mastermind is I get to see transformation in real time because of the work that I do. So I fuse the like deep soul work and I fuse the commercialization of what you already have inside of you. I'm not looking for anything outside. It's all you. And what happens and what's so beautiful is that the soul becomes fully activated, Michael. Just me saying that just makes me cry because I see it with my eyes when people say, oh my God, like, oh my God, what's happening to me? What's happening is that your soul is now activated. It's running the show, not the ego. Although the ego plays a significant role and we need the ego, the soul's running the show now. It's a completely different experience. So if you have a look at my Lights, Cameras, Action logo, in the middle of it, it says, I am on. That's the highlighted part in the logo because that's exactly what happens to people when they work with me. I have the capacity to transmit my knowledge and wisdom into my clients and they get activated as a collective because we're co-creating together. It's very, very, very powerful. Um, so yeah, it's, the, it's an end-to-end -end solution, not just external but internal as well. I think that was an amazing opportunity for people to uh, either reevaluate where their life is at this point or whether or not they want to redefine their purpose and find out if they should be on a different path. I think because we, we all want to be on the path that we're supposed to be on. Uh, we all want to be fulfilling the purpose of why we're here. And, you know, help, having guidance, I think, is a benefit for us because we don't always understand where yes. to look, which door to open, yes. which door to close. Yes. And, yeah. and, I, and that, that particular program and what you provide I think is a guidebook. Um, and what you uh, I'll say it out loud. You're the director. You're the casting agent. You're the director. You're the producer. <laughs> and we're going to direct you in the right area so that you have a brilliant program once the cameras yeah. start rolling. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about, I'm starting to lose my voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's talk about all your stuff. I know you have a podcast and uh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I've listened to the podcast. It's very, very good. And anybody that's out there needs to listen to this podcast. If you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and some support, um, you've got a magazine that you have yes. started that uh, is uh -huh. uh, out there as well. Um, so tell me all about you and how to get a hold of you. So yes, please get, um, so first of all, anyone that's has found our conversation interesting, they want to talk about their journey moving forward, please feel free to book a call with me. It's for free. It's 45 minutes. We can just have a conversation, uh, which is maryhendersoncoaching.com slash apply, A-P-P-L-Y. Uh, you can connect with me across all social media at maryhendersoncoaching. Uh, or send me an email, mary at maryhendersoncoaching.com. And I will make sure that uh, that is all in the show notes so that everybody knows how to get a hold of you. And, you know, how, yeah, it'll be easy. They just follow a link and uh, it'll connect to that as well as your podcast. And, um, <laughs> excuse me. So I'll make sure that everybody has instant access to you. And um, hopefully they'll reach out and we can... We can uh, inspire them and educate them and, and, and motivate them into changing their life because 
You know, I go back to your airplane flight. Once you get yes. that realization and once you really understand that you're free and you have that ability to take control of your own life and to make what of it of what you want and the freedom to do what you want when you want. Yes. Uh, is an amazing feeling. And I, I like you. you, want everybody to feel that way. Absolutely, Michael. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Well, I this is one more thing before you go. I wish I could talk to you for a whole another hour. Unfortunately, we're we're a little cut short, but I would love to have you back on because you, you have so much more to, to talk about. I'd love to have you back. Um, Let's do it. This is one more thing before you go. So before we go, do you have any words of wisdom you can share? I just want to say that you are most likely sitting on a lot of currency, a lot of intellectual currency. That is your wisdom. Your hero's journey is also your wisdom. The only way we can raise consciousness in the world is actually through wisdom. So do something with it. Brilliant. Excellent words of wisdom. Thank you very much for coming on this show. I really appreciate you. I think that what you provide to the world is a wonderful thing. Uh, Thank you. I, I, I am so grateful that the universe brought us together. And uh, I do look forward to some more conversations down the road. And I think that uh, uh, we can, again, maybe we can change somebody's life. So thank, thank you, you Michael. Much. Thank you for being Thanks here. For Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go. Check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform.